tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue, a tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and you can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Hey, Mystic Witches. Today we have astrologer Elisa Kelly, author of Mixology of Astrology, and coming out tomorrow, June 11th, starring you, a guided journey through astrology. Aliza is the resident astrologer at Cosmo, the host of astrology-focused podcast Stars Like Us, and she put out an astrology dating app called Align. Welcome, Aliza. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you. So excited to be here. (laughs) The first question I ask every guest is what tarot card do you feel represents you and why? So I... I love all tarot cards. I think that they are so important to move through, but I have a tattoo of the strength card and I, it's my permanent reminder of the fact that this is definitely the card that I, um, connect to the most that I feel most inspired by. And then also represents both who I who I am and then who I want to become. Um, the strength card represents Leo. I am a Leo son. Um, it's also the, the eight card in the major deck and my birthday is eight eighteen eighty nine at five twenty eight PM. Um, for all of you guys who want to now find my natal chart, <laughs> I, um, I also, have an eighth house stellium. Um, so eight plays a very important role. Oh, my life path number is eight. So eight oh. pays, yeah, eight is a very important number in my life. And, um, it's also visually the infinity symbol, which I think does a really nice job reflecting all of the, the mystical pursuits that I have. And then, um, another thing I love about the strength card is the iconography of it. Uh, we have, a figure who is taming a lion using a combination of both physical and emotional strength. And that's actually what the, the tattoo that I have is it's, it's the two hands, um, creating that harmony and a reminder to myself of, of how strong I am and to always be engaging the duality of that strength. I really love that card so, so, so much. It's a really important one in my personal journey because it's the card that taught me how to have a personal relationship with a card. And then later, years later, I I learned through that card how meanings of cards, your personal relationship to it will shift over time 
you know, there's so many layers to it. You know, you, I look at like the strength and vulnerability, um, you know, like these two characters, the beast and the maiden, they didn't just become friends overnight. You know, they didn't just meet up in the forest one day and, Oh, we're BFF. They earn totally. each other. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's about vetting people and kind of like keeping that healthy boundary as you build trust with people too. And their strength and vulnerability when it's done that way. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could talk about the strength card all day. I it's, it's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I love the imagery so much. It's so inspiring to me. Yeah. Uh, By the way, me too. I could talk about it all day. But I wanted to ask you about how you got started in astrology, Um, you know, and just tell us a little bit about becoming an entrepreneur. What were some of the challenges you faced? You know, it's interesting because I just feel in immense gratitude in, in this lifetime that I have been able to fuse my passion for astrology and then my (laughs) serious Capricorn rising that will stop at nothing to be an entrepreneur. Um, for quite a long time, those two roads did not intersect and it's, it's been quite a process and a journey to get them to be sort of running and on the same speed and path. But I think that astrology obviously, um, predates my interest in entrepreneurship and being a, uh, a, you know, a self-directed, someone who's self-directed by my own professional pursuits. Um, I received my first natal chart when I was a few days old. Um, my uncle was an incredible astrologer and he hand calculated a chart for me which he gave to my mother. And it's, I still have the physical copy of it, the original. It is unbelievably gorgeous and illuminated and just, there's so much embedded within his calculations. He passed away when I was three. So this chart not only is sort of my first experience understanding the cosmic and mythological properties of astrology, but it also is sort of his, his gift to me, his parting gift, um, something that really connects me to him still all of this time later. So I grew up knowing that there was such a thing as the natal chart and that this was, you know, your, your astrological profile was more than just your sun sign, what that meant, I couldn't tell you until I was in my early twenties. And it was also at that time, um, that I was working in the art world as an art dealer at that point, living in Los Angeles, working for a contemporary gallery that I had been such a fangirl of. And I felt like (laughs) I couldn't believe how amazing my life was that I was working there. I felt so fucking cool, but simultaneously I was really living a lie. I was going deeper and deeper into financial debt. I was coming face to face with the fact that I, you know, did not, I don't come from money. I didn't have any nepotism that was going to advance my career in the art world, which unfortunately is just a brutal truth of that industry. And at least on the dealer, at least on the dealing side, um, And I was single. I was really, really single. And I was 
dating. I mean, if anyone listening has tried dating in Los Angeles, like (laughs) I feel you (laughs) so much. So I was having such a rough time with that, um, that a girlfriend of mine from college and I decided we were like, Oh, why are we being paired up with all of these shitheads who are, we're not compatible with. If only we could be paired up with compatible people. If only there was an astrology dating app and a line was born, um, a line being the astrology dating app that my business partner and I started in 2013 and closed in 2016. Um, when I moved back to New York, I had yet another existential crisis. And in that process, started to get in touch with myself enough to say, I I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what my next job is going to be, but I know that I need to be true to myself. And this, this work that I'm doing in astrology is the most honest work that I could do to my soul and for my soul. So yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> long short of it. <laughs> So what was that transition like going from owning an art gallery in Brooklyn to working in astrology full time? I mean, that in and of itself was such a journey. I was um, working at a a private equity fund for a billionaire, (laughs) which sounds cool. I, again, was making no money, a common theme through most of my 20s. (laughs) Um, And... I, this is when I had just graduated college. I had studied art history and studio art in college and really wanted to be in the art world, but I could not find any (laughs) paying jobs. Everything was unpaid internships. So I took this shit job working as an administrative assistant, assistant at this private equity fund. And with the money that I had, I was living at home and I was investing it into an art gallery in that I was building in Brooklyn called outlet. And at that time, Bushwick, um, was still up and coming. There was not, there was not this thriving art scene in Bushwick that there is now. Um, and so, cause this is even earlier, this is 2011, 2012, but my, my dream was to be working at a contemporary art gallery that was showing at the time, it was very important to me to go to Miami and to show an art Basel. So like, (laughs) I was like, I want to work at a gallery that has a presence in the art fairs. I want to travel the world. I want to be somewhere super chic and cool. And I got scouted by this gallery in Los Angeles, um, to be a director, which was crazy because I was 22 and moved to Los Angeles only to get there and discover that the whole gallery was a Ponzi scheme and it did not exist (laughs) and (laughs) it was not real at all. (laughs) So I had moved to Los Angeles. I closed my gallery, which was doing very well in Bushwick. I'm in this place where I have, I don't know anyone. I had a relationship that also turned out to be complete smoke and mirrors. It was a disaster, which is then uh, was ultimately what propelled me to start a line is that I was reaching such a rock bottom of my reality and my truth um, that I had to figure something out. 
even when I got hired at a much cooler gallery that was reputable and I was indeed going to Miami and traveling and doing all of these things, I was being paid like less than minimum wage with 5% commissions. And because I didn't know any rich people, I wasn't making any commissions. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, it was, I was really like desperate, you know, and I do think, and it's interesting because now as a practicing and professional astrologer, and I have been working with clients for a number of years, so many of my clients come to me at first when they are at a crossroads, when they're at a transitional moment. And I empathetically understand that. That is how I was able to really discover astrology was being at this crossroads and a transitional moment myself where I could not, you know, recognize up from down. I didn't know if I was in the right city. I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. And astrology just provides this incredible constant, um, and this amazing cyclical truth that when you really start to understand and tap into everything just makes sense. And, I I think that it's no surprise that people end up finding their spirituality when they're in moments of having these existential crisis. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Aliza Kelly. Aliza and I were discussing becoming more open to this journey and this path. And she just mentioned um, about how people find this path usually when they're having some sort of like existential crisis, which I, I have definitely seen to be true for most spiritual practitioners, to be honest. Um, but I actually experienced something a little bit different. And I wanted to just talk about that really quickly. Um, in 2012 is when I literally did a 180 from making fun of all the woo woo mumbo jumbo to embracing this, uh, you know, an openness to spirituality in general, all things, you know, esoteric and occult and metaphysical, Um, And I I had surrounded myself with people who talked about aliens and vortexes and portals. And I thought it was all just a bunch of like hogwash. Uh, And then in 2012, I physically experienced for the first time astral projection. And it was while I was having a lucid dream. So um, I actually left my body and was aware of what was going on. And after that, everything changed for me. Um, So I was talking to her about um, the 2012 consciousness shift, the the shift in global consciousness. Um, And I just wanted to share with you what I was going to share with Aliza. (laughs) So at the end of the Mayan calendar, uh, it was what happens when something ends. It's a new beginning, right? So we have this uh, opening, a shift of a new beginning 
um, of, you know, a golden age, a golden age of uh, understanding and connection. Um, you know, the spirituality movement did just start to emerge. Um, you know, we went through an era of 13 periods of one year to an era of 13 periods of 20 days. And, um, it was on December 8th, 2012, we moved into the era of 13 periods of one day. Um, so it's, it was a whirlwind. It, It was, it was, it was, well, it was global. So, um, I mean, it, it is called what we are in is called the new golden age of consciousness and prosperity. Prosperity though, needs to be reclaimed. It needs to be reclaimed by the healers. And so we were also discussing capitalism, um, and marketing in this industry, and it can be quite a big challenge to remain authentic. Um, That is something that we all need to spend a lot of time on. And uh, it all goes back to the root chakra, uh, expanding, aligning, um, and grounding really, and like just really being centered. Um, The physical world extends to the cosmos. And when you are directly connected to that, that grid, you need to download whatever information is necessary in order for you to prosper, because that is the age that we are now in. So with that 2012 energy shift, um, it was the activation of this new energy grid, um, And the effects of that, we are still trying to figure out. But what I know for sure right now is it's a reclamation of prosperity, taking it away from those possessed by Latiko and uh, reclaiming it for the healers. So get it together, healers. (laughs) You know I love you. And this segment has been From the Broom Closet. So we're back here with Aliza Kelly, and uh, I wanted to talk to you because you also host a podcast about divination, and I wanted to just ask you, like, you know, is it everything you thought it would be? What do you get out of it? What do you love about it? It's more than I thought it would ever was ever going to be. Um, I I really love it so much. I love being able to meet people who I think are just so interesting and inspiring and, um, people who I would definitely like otherwise be like, can we get coffee? Can we get a drink? But instead it's through these conversations, um, on a podcast that are, you know, all in the, you know, sort of like reflections of the way my brain works, which is wanting to find out about somebody's inner working, their spirituality, what motivates them, how they, you know, like how they're ultimately fusing their unique approach and perspective on the world with their output and legacy. I feel like 
it really hits my big three, my Capricorn rising, Leo sun and Pisces moon, like perfectly. The, (laughs) as you know, you know, the podcasts take a lot of technical work to build and (laughs) make sure that they're running smoothly. And the sound is, is something that you would feel safe putting in the ears of people. Um, (laughs) so I mean, I think that that that's a little bit more of a barrier than I had anticipated, but the actual creative of the podcast is fabulous. Yeah. And it's also really fun to promote other people's things, even if it's the same thing you're doing, especially actually if it's the same thing you're doing, uh, because it just, you know, it kind of creates a sense of unity and support and we need community so badly in this field. Yes, it's essential. I I don't think that I mean honestly, I feel like we need community in every single industry. Um it's so important to feel supported by your peers and to feel like the work that you're doing is not just resonating with the the consumers, so to speak, but also with those who you admire and those that you're coming up with in the space, in any space. Um So I do feel really lucky and grateful that I've had the opportunity to speak with so many cool people, so many inspiring and innovative individuals. It's, I think my favorite thing about my show is, is the intimacy of it. Um, I, I really don't small talk well. Um, but I don't mean that in a, like, I, I just, I'm not even interested in what somebody's doing with their day to day. I want to know the real shit, but like, I, I feel like the way that I small talk, so to speak is by asking people heavy hitting questions and then making them a little less scary. Um, I like to be real with people in my personal life, in my professional life, but that doesn't mean that everything needs to be so serious. You know, we can talk about deep shit without it being, you know, an hour conversation that is just feels depressing. <laughs> we could also talk about real things in a very honest, with humor, with um, heartfelt expressions, and then also just as two people do when they are just being real with one another. I really, I I like the philosophical aspect of just seeing what comes up so, so much. And it's always such good content because I, you know, I only associate with geniuses. So, (laughs) but it's like, I don't even remember someone's name if we don't connect on a philosophical level. So I completely agree. So um, we're just going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Starring You, A Guided Journey Through Astrology by Eliza Kelly coming out tomorrow. So we're going to talk about what that book is and give you all the details. So Starring You is a guided journal through astrology. It is structured as a tool for empowerment. Um, It is written for younger readers, um, but really I think 
anyone, no matter what their age is, can benefit from taking a deep dive into themselves through the stars. So starring you, um, is, is sort of like the primary first resource that anyone could have when they're starting to get into astrology. It explains the role of all of the different signs of the planets. Um, it talks about celestial cycles such as eclipses and retrogrades, the lunar cycle. It's really, um, an extensive dive into the most important astrological happenings and themes. And throughout the book are different quizzes and activities and diagrams that the reader can fill in to help personalize their astrological experience and, and make those connections which really make astrology a very meaningful experience is not just about memorization. It's about how those symbols and mythological narratives actually make a difference and show up in an individual's life. So this is the first entry point for young readers and for really, I hope anyone into this. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. I, when I wrote it, I, wrote it really for my 13-year-old self who could have really used an older sister astrologer (laughs) at that time (laughs) to help navigate how difficult early adolescence is. Um, But it turns out all of life is kind of difficult and we always need a little guidance. And that's, that's what Starring You is all about. There are some really fun quizzes in it. My favorite one is called Your Secret Sign, which is uh, a quiz where at the end of it, you take it and discover what the secret sign that you identify with is. And I really like this because it speaks to very much the astrological experience of being able, of being multidimensional and having all of these different attributes. Um, When I took it most recently, I got Aquarius as my secret sign. And then of course I was like, Oh my God, this checks out so much. My North node is in Aquarius. Of course I'm becoming an Aquarius. So there's always more connections to be made and there's always more to learn. Um, and I think that readers will really enjoy it. There really is always more to learn. And I love that about metaphysical studies. (laughs) So uh, where can people find, uh, pre-orders for the book, uh, regular orders for the book, your podcast, et cetera. Everything is centralized on my website, alizakelly.com, A-L-I-Z-A-K-E-L-L-Y. Um, and also on my Instagram, which is just at alizakelly. My Twitter is also at alizakelly. Um, as far as the book. You can find that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. And you can find my podcast stars like us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are listened to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us, Aliza. And we will be sure to check out stars like us and starring you all the stars (laughs) all the stars (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much stay mystic witches follow us at mystic witch podcast 
Or you can email your scary stories or questions to mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.